재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 It's time for must-read Korean book. Joining us today is Sarah Kwan. Sarah is a freelance interpreter who is obsessed about three things in life. Good books, good drinks, stimulating conversations. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for the warm welcome, Jamie. And since tomorrow is the day we just enter winter in Korea, we call it Ipdong. As a GOT fan, I can't resist but say winter is coming. And by GOT, you mean Game of Thrones, yes. right? You're such, a, you're such a diehard fan. You're calling it GOT. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I hope I never get into Game of Thrones because it's, it, it's a very long kind of epic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be years before I resurface to... There are like six books already okay. out there. <laughs> and to help our listeners endure the cold and howling winter, I've prepared a new book on the bestseller list, Onoe Undo. Um, the translation is The Temperature of Words by E. Kiju. The Temperature of Words. It's a very interesting title. What does it mean? So the writer states that he wants to read and extract the very subtle differences and nuances in our everyday lives. And so, hence, the slight temperature difference and change in words and language, especially mm-hmm. in the Korean language. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the author, E. Kiju. Well, he has a rather interesting background. He was a speechwriter of the president and also a reporter for several economic newspapers. His past books are about speechwriting, um, a collection of essays, and the art of speech. Mm, so I'm seeing this vein of oratory in his field. Yes, yes. And The Temperature of Words, The Onoe Undo, is his newest book that was published in August this year. It's a perfect collection of essays. Each essay only takes about five minutes to read. And I think his essays are about love, the beauty of language, and especially the sensitivity and temperature of words. So this is the book that you want to read while you curl up in your warm bed and have a cup of hot cocoa. <laughs> are you calling the, the essays perfect because they're short? you caught me there so first of all his essays are really quaint and quiet Mm -hmm. and he has an excellent sense of not saying too much and I read in an interview that his key to successful writing is revision, revision, revision Mm -hmm. and it really does show content wise it's so refined it's almost like reading poetry like Hemingway Mm -hmm. so it sounds like he writes very short, simple yet rich sentences And form. I really tried to convey his style in the translations, but he does so much wordplay with the Korean language and a lot of puns. Mm -hmm. So humor is really hard to translate. Cultural expressions, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, translating humor is is so difficult. I can tell you stories about hours and hours that I spend trying to translate jokes from Korean to English. Yeah, I totally can relate to that. Mm -hmm. But... Like when you're translating jokes, though, you actually have like the luxury of hours to spend trying to like recraft the jokes. But like, how does it work when you're interpreting? Like, do you ever have to translate jokes like on the spot? 
Yeah, so、um, a lot of the people try to break ice while doing these like ajoshi gag.、Uh-huh. So, What's an ajoshi gag? So it's kind of like the, the joke itself is not funny. So、uh-huh. we call them like ajoshi gag in the sense that only older men in their 50s would like, you know, get it. Okay. <laughs> and everyone doesn't laugh.、Uh-huh. And so I would pretty much put all my energy and time into translating it, and it's still not funny because that's actually the point. Uh-huh. And so there is like dead silence in yes. the room. Yes. So、okay. a lot of my、um, uh, like、interpreters have gone through this kind of situation,、mm-hmm. and sometimes they. Wait, is say, there like a training course? No, no, no,、okay. no. But when they kind of encounter the situation, they would say, please laugh, audience, <laughs> for the, while they're trying. Oh, they say it out loud. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is your cue to laugh. Please laugh. Yeah, please save my job <laughs> or something. Oh, that's great. So can you give us an example of Igiju talking about humor? Yes, so I'm going to write an,、um, read an excerpt about it says, which in English is, I just called to see how you are.、Mm-hmm. Hey, it's dad. I'm just calling to see how you are. Most parents that live apart from their children start their calls with a rather casual greeting. That their call, call is comparatively unimportant. Why do they do that? Did they just press the call button because they were bored or had too much spare time on their hands? No. I think reasonable parents have underlying reasons for their actions. I think they start their conversations or calls with comments that make it rather trivial, such as, I just call to check in. Because they are afraid that they might interrupt their children's work. They are giving their children an, an easy excuse to hang up if they can't talk on the phone because they are in a meeting. It's fine, it wasn't that important anyway. Parents don't show the anticipation they had or their longing to make it easier for their children to hang up. So, this rather casual, I was just calling expression carries more weight and is warmer than one might think. It includes affection, such as, It's been too long, why don't you drop by for the weekend? or We miss you and love you. So, in this part of the excerpt, it sounds like Igiju is interpreting the things that parents say to the children. Mm hmm. So, my parents will say, like, oh, you don't have to come by, but you have to come by. <laughs> yeah. That's what, actually, what they actually mean when they say that. And the other interesting part was that、um, it says parents don't show the anticipation they had in order to make it easier for the children to hang up if they're in the middle of something.、Mm-hmm. Right? It's like they're hiding their true feelings, so it'll be easier for the children to hang up. I think that's kind of sad, don't you think? Well, I guess it's in some sense another way to express love and consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's look at the rest of the excerpt. More considerate children catch their parents' warmly masked intentions. And that is why they talk into their phones in a more genuine tone as soon as they hear, I just call to check in, nothing urgent. They press their mobiles against their ears to listen to their parents' every word. We often hear the casual word just when we are walking down the street, while in cafes, like the just in our parents' calls. 
I just called to see how you were. Or the just in I just called to hear your voice of lovers. Just means that it doesn't have much meaning or weight. But it also means that we are so close that we don't need an excuse or a specific occasion. So when the other person says just, it actually means really, not just. It's like when people call you and they say, and, and you ask what's up, and they say nothing. And you know when they say nothing, they, they actually don't mean nothing. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. They have something important to say, but they just cannot bring themselves to say it. Yeah, so you really have to read between the lines. Mm-hmm. I think um, in this sense, there's a parental love as a very universal theme in this um, essay, of course. But again, in a stronger sense of sacrificial love in societies like Korea or China, where the parents are more involved in their children's life. Mm -hmm. So asking them to come more often and more pressure, there's more pressure like filial duty. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to express, but... In Korean literature, I think they explore that child, parent and child relationship. Mm-hmm. And it seems, the writing seems to be more about heartache and longing. I guess it's more dependent compared to the Western literature that focuses on finding oneself and independence. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's different sets of expectations for adult children of Korean versus American parents. Like you said, there's more of a sense of filial duty. For Korean children, whereas for for American children, there's more of an expectation of independence. Once you turn 18 and you go off to college and you leave the house, you're supposed to be adults separately, but also maintain that relationship. But I think um, decent relationships with parents is such a great accomplishment when you're an adult because it's a rough transition going from a child child, like a minor child, as opposed to an adult child in adapting to that new dynamic Mm -hmm. so that's like when true friendship between the parent and the child Mm -hmm. well the adult child can Mm -hmm. actually happen Mm -hmm, definitely so let's look at our next excerpt it actually deals with another difficult topic right Mm -hmm. so the title is so the translation would be a real apology hurts I feel gloomy and bitter when I read the news nowadays. The society has no sense of consideration or level of decency. There are those that don't even look back after bumping into your shoulder in the subway. Those that are practically shouting while talking into their phones in public spaces such as buses or trains. They treat the people next to them as if they are invisible. Minimal decency is too much to ask for. Decency actually stems from recognizing shame. A person that has no manners has no idea what is shameful. And we call these people shameless bastards quietly behind their backs. Of course, apologizing is very hard. Almost as hard as spotting a shooting star. And there have been songs written to express how hard it is. Elton John sang with his magnificent voice, Sorry seems to be the hardest word. What does an apology mean? <laughs> 
Why does it get harder as we grow older? Why do we consider the person who says sorry first as the loser? The word apology comes from the Greek root of apologia, which means to escape from wrong. Apologizing is actually the language of victory that only those that have the will and the courage to get things done, undo wrongdoings, and putting aside pride. I have to say I wholeheartedly agree with the Greek notion of, of apologia. Like if you just apologize, the unpleasantness and the wrongdoing is over and you can move on to the next part. Yeah, so it's actually you're the like the victor. Mhm. Definitely. So let's look at the rest of the excerpt. When we look at the Chinese characters that compose sagua, apology, the meaning becomes even clearer. These ha means to exonerate, to finish. Kwa means past deeds. So sa kwa means the behavior to bring the past to an end and change the direction entirely. And as the firmness of an apple is important, so is an apology's genuineness. So there's wordplay in Korean of the word of apple and apology. Though they have different Chinese characters, but there is a word that lowers the purity of an apology. But I'm sorry, but includes the connotation that although I'm responsible, so are you, and those apologies are done out of necessity because you have no other choice and you don't want to take all of the responsibility. The moment "but" is included in the apology, the genuine remorse evaporates. I have closely looked into the face of a person that was trying to say sorry genuinely. He looked like he was in pain. His lips were shaking when he exhaled. I was curious why it looked so hard and painful. Although I might be sidetracking, maybe it's related to the origin of "sorry." Sorry originated from the word sore, so that may be why when you say you're really sorry, this indicates that the fact that I have hurt you hurts me. A real apology hurts. I think Igizu is stumbling upon a very important idea, which is that admitting that you have hurt someone is a very difficult thing. Because in order to admit that you have hurt someone, you have to also face the fact that you are capable of doing something bad to another person. So you have to see yourself as this person with flaws, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's very difficult when you're like you're supposed to be an authority figure, like you're supposed to lead the group, mm-hmm. or you're like a parent, mm-hmm. and you're trying to discipline your children. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you do mess up, and then you have to apologize to uh-huh. them, so uh-huh. it undermines your own authority. Yeah, um, the the writer also says that it, it gets harder. Apologizing gets harder with age. So, what do you think age has to do with it? I guess 
once you age, you of course a lot of people look up to you like, mm-hmm. to set the direction or to you know know things. Mm-hmm. So like a parent, you become an authority figure. Yeah, but the more, in my perspective, the more that you grow and the more that you learn, mm-hmm. the more you learn that you don't know anything. <laughs> So, so that's that's what makes the apology harder. When you do end up doing something wrong, then you have to admit to the fact that, in spite of all the years that you have spent mm. amassing knowledge, you actually don't know anything. Or like, yeah, like trying to make a reputation and then mm-hmm. of being right, and then all of a sudden you have to admit. Right, right. But I think I still think that a simple, heartfelt apology can save you so much energy wasted on bickering over nothing. Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. So definitely, um, when I read what the author has written, the moment mm-hmm. but is included mm-hmm. in the apology. Right. Yeah, the genuineness from Morse like the evaporates. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, "I apologized," so it's now your turn to apologize. <laughs> and I was definitely thinking about how many times I sucked at saying sorry, and it's almost embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So I guess that is why I think the very definition of love. Or what keeps a couple together is if you can say sorry with genuine remorse, and when they call out you uh, on your nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also think that when your partner knows what you're really upset about, when you yourself aren't aware of it, when you're being petulant for no reason, and they know exactly what's wrong with you, I think that's another sign of a relationship that's working really well. Yeah, you actually take that opportunity to grow. Yijiju mm-hmm. explains origins of words that express regret, like the word sagwa, and his explanation of sagwa and his attempt to connect the apology to the fruit yeah. sagwa yes. apple. <laughs> that was kind of cute, mm-hmm. and it was not only cute but very difficult to translate. Uh-huh. Oh, I'll bet. Um, when the context focuses on form, not meaning, it's hard to translate. Um, because to foreign readers that don't know anything about the Korean alphabet, how it looks or how it sounds, and about how 70% of the Korean language is consisted of Chinese-based words, mm-hmm. it's really hard. Right. So I feel like a lot of it dies when Korean is translated. Uh-huh. Like you're trimming meat and you have to cut off all the marbling <laughs> and the fat. And then all you have left is really bland meat. Oh, that is a, that is a great analogy. It is, it is very difficult. I mean, I can definitely relate. Um, so much so that when I'm translating and the, the four-letter uh, Chinese saying, 이석이죠, comes up. That's uh, one rock, two birds, which has a very neat correlation in English as killing two birds with one stone. I am so grateful when I have to translate it. So I'm like, I know exactly how I'm going to phrase it and I don't even have to think about it. Mm-hmm. So there are perfect examples like that. But mm-hmm. most of the time when there are rhymes or like um, a lot of like words that rhyme together, it's a lot of it's lost in translation. Mm-hmm. And fingers crossed you, you never have to translate one of those you know, or, or interpret one of those mm-hmm. like right on the spot without any preparation. They just like fling that at you and and you just stand there and go i don't know how i'm going to translate this so i'm going to explain it until they get it (laughs) (laughs) and then you kill all the fun out of it oh yeah definitely like bland meat like you said bland Mm -hmm. meat (laughs) well that's it for today thank you sarah so much for introducing this essay collection oh thank you my pleasure
Coming up next is Life in Lines and David's bookmark. But first, here's Elton John. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. What am I gonna do to make you love me? What am I gonna do to make you care? 